Now's the time to get excited because we have a special treat this morning. We've got Martin and Roz, and it's always good hearing them share, but they've just come back pumped from their recent trip in Cambodia. And that's saying something, if you know Roz. I'll say no more, but it really is a great privilege, great treat to have them sharing this morning. So would you welcome them as they come up, whoever it is, one, both. Thank you, Roz. Yeah, I might get you to move this back. Yeah, where do you want to talk? Here? Here? Chimripsua. Chimripsua. Sosabai. I've just said hello, how are you? So after me, Chim, Rip, Sua. Not Sua. Sua. Chimrip Sua. And we learned something uh, very uh, interesting this time round. When people greet you, if they have their hands like this to their chest, they have it that way because they may not know you and you're just a bit of an acquaintance. If it's to your chin, when they say Chimrip Sua, they do it that way because you, um, they see you as someone in... Um, uh, an older older person, someone with a bit of authority, but if they put it through to your nose, you're amongst royalty. So I'm going to do it again because I'm amongst royalty here this morning. Well, we've come back from Cambodia, as uh, Andrew said, and we want to share uh, some of the testimonies and some of the things that we did whilst we we're over there. But our prayer... Our prayer is that you would be stirred up within you, faith would rise, hope would rise about Jesus the healer, about God the God of miracles. What an awesome song. God is able. He can move the mountains. I didn't even talk to my son about that one. It was just the, the flow of the Lord. And uh, he is able. Jesus is the healer. And uh, I understand that when people have had sickness for a long time and you've been on a journey and you haven't seen the breakthrough, sometimes you can uh, give in, give in to the symptoms, give in to the sickness. Well, after this morning, we want to hopefully encourage you, stir you up that Jesus is the healer. Nothing's too hard for him. Sometimes we see healing instantly. Sometimes it's a journey, as we'll share uh, some of the stories in the next a uh, few minutes. Um, we do the same here as we do over there. You know, the healing rooms up the road, I want to invite everybody who's sick to come uh, to the healing rooms. This is what we do. Jesus is the same here as he is over in Cambodia. It's the same Holy Spirit here. You know, you just have to persevere. So we invite you to come. This is a free ministry up there. We bulk bill. Jesus has paid the price. Yeah, it costs you nothing except to get out of your comfort zone and come and receive. There are 37 people now on our team from 12 different churches. It's not just a ministry of, of um, vision. We have 12 churches represented on our teams. You know, anyone can pray for you. We're all trained up. They're all anointed. It's Jesus who does the healing. Okay? So this morning... I want to also thank those of you who pray for us whilst we are away. It is amazing the difference that brings. We feel carried away. We're floating on your prayers. We just thank you, thank you, thank you. We also want to say thank you to those who um, have given us finance to go and do the work over there, to go and buy the deworming medication, buy the vitamins, to buy the supplies that we give out, to buy the food when we go in, uh, into the slum areas and feed the children. I want you to know that when 
you give it to us, every money, every cent goes to what it's been purposed for. Okay, we take no fee in, at um, Capital Healing Rooms at all. The only fees are the bank fees. And I don't think we can change that. Maybe at the moment we might have a go. I don't know. But, um, okay, so <laughs> put that one in at the side. Uh, yeah, so we want you to know, if you give us money for Cambodia, it goes to, to what it's purposed for. Okay, and this time round, this is our sixth trip to Cambodia and we have seen incredible fruit. Over the years, you know, we've been there, we've sown seeds. A few villages that we went into a couple of years ago, we felt to actually buy grain, buy seeds. And we, we went through the village um, dispersing the seed and just uh, praying into that and blessing the land. We have seen so much fruit this time. Okay, um, our friends that we connected with, it was a God connection six years ago, they do amazing work. And their vision is to see 200 schools planted in the poorest regions, slum areas, cities in Cambodia. At the moment, they've got three schools up and running in three and a half years. And with every time they plant a school, they plant a church. They planned a church. They also have a preschool happening, which is new this year. So um, they're doing incredible work. When we went three and a half years ago, one school we went to, one slum area about 25 minutes out of um, Phnom Penh, it was... Um, there were about 110 children there at that time. Not one of those children could read and write. There were 12-year-olds in kindergarten. There were 10-year-olds, you know, in, in grade two. And this time, the first day, the first Monday we went and we walked in and they're having a reading class. They're having reading time. And the teacher's pointing to this one. Stand up and read that paragraph. You, stand up, read that paragraph. At the end of it, I was nearly in tears and I applauded every one of them because they're all reading and writing. Amen? This is incredible. This is what gets them out of their poverty. But not only that, we have seen the transformation of that slum area. The people, the parents, the families are taking pride in where they live. They're painting. You know, they've got some of them managed to plant little um, trees at the front of their um, huts or their concrete um, homes. They're taking pride. We noticed a remarkable difference with that, where there was filth and stuff on the floor that you had to watch, you know, on the ground where you walked. Um, it's totally changed. And that's what we call our tools, transformation tools, transforming a village, a slum area, but not only transforming there, it's transforming here in our hearts. We come back different people. So look out if you want to come on a trip next year, by all means, you know, let us know. So this school, as I said, reading, they're reading and they're writing. Uh, the money that we were given um, enabled us, as I said, to deworm and to give out um, vitamins for a 10-day period. Um, and we also bought exercise books, pencils, um, rulers, rubbers, sharpener, toothbrush and toothpaste, soap. Trust me, they need soap over there. All in this pack. And the children are so grateful. The and, and the parents, they're a peaceful race. They really are. With all that happened in the 1970s, uh, with the Khmer Rouge and all of that wiping out a whole generation, these people are peaceful. They're loving. They just want to um, serve you. You know, the kids are always smiling. They have hardly anything, but they're always smiling. So it was a real blessing to be able to give them um, um, the supplies that they need. We showed the Jesus movie in Khmer. Have you ever heard Jesus speak Khmer? 
I tell you, when we get to heaven, it's going to be all languages. We're going to understand everything anyway. But we were very glad that we knew the book of Luke because uh, we could keep up with it. Um, we thought it's a two-hour movie. Showed it four times. In amongst, um, in amongst a whole lot going on, we had sheets um, hung either on a wall, between a tree. Uh, we had, we call it a times drive-through movie because motorbikes were just driving through. The sheet was there. Children sitting here on the railway, the motorbikes driving through in front of it all. We had Brahmin cows come across quite a few times just in front of it. And uh, in, one, in the railway track slum area, the village there, we had the Jesus movie on the sheet here in this little shack, which you'll see on the screen later. Um, drug deals happening. Men had ride up on their motorbikes and, you know, in the back hand and handing over the money. And it was very sad because um, there was also pr some prostitution going on. And here we are showing the Jesus mo a movie. God's word ne goes out, never returns to him void. It accomplishes all that he sends it to accomplish and it prospers in that very thing. And that's what we found because people gave their lives to Jesus. In amongst all of that, in amongst the Brahmin cows, the drug deals, Jesus, uh, they gave their lives to Jesus. And, uh, for that. and people got healed. So we're very, very grateful for that. We went um, about six and a half hours drive north of Phnom Penh. It's the, uh, the distance is not much more than here to Sydney, but it takes a, a long time to drive anywhere because of the conditions of the road and the volume of traffic. And uh, did you know they have idiots on the roads over here, there, just like they have here? It's unbelievable. Anyway, it all flows. It all flows. Um, so we went up there and this... Uh, this village, uh, when we went a couple of years ago and took a team there, they had never really seen white people. We were told that a little bit further on in this village, not right near the school, but there were witch doctors and there, there was quite a demonic presence there. Well, when we went two or three years ago, we, we uh, brought the light of Jesus and we, there was no, we couldn't sense any demonic presence. The witch doctors had gone um, bush for the time that we were there and uh, Jesus healed. People got saved two years ago. So the school up there, there's now 110 uh, children that attend. Again, three and a half years ago, they couldn't read or write. Now they can read and now they can write. We could even converse in English, like they're learning English. And uh, it was hilarious, this one little boy, you know, there's a group of kids there and I went up to them and I said, Hello, my name is Roz. And then this little boy, my name is Roz. I said, no, 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 my name is Roz. No, no, my name is Roz. So we went back and forth. I not quite got it, but um, a lot of them can do ba very basic, hello, how are you, and their age and their name. So that um, was a blessing. But we were up there and we distributed everything. And uh, there are about 50 parents that stay behind. Martin's going to share more on that. But um, there's this one lady, <coughs> a mini uh, healing uh, revival took place in this little old school. We, bearing in mind, we only had two and a half hours there. We had to be in the car on the way back. We drove six and a half hours there, two and a half, and we had to drive back. So it was a big day, but it's never a big day for God, is it? He can cope with anything, so we just have to be available. So um, one of the ladies that came up, she had a very bad knee, very bad knee, which a lot of them do, and um, because they're working in the fields, in the rice paddies, etc. And she had a whole lot of abdominal 
um, internal problems happening. Now, through the interpreter, we, we just, you know, we don't understand at all, but we just prayed. We asked if we could pray. We laid hands on this woman. She's a Buddhist woman. And as I said in the early service, you know what? It's much easier to pray for a Buddhist person than a Christian because they have no, no concept of our God and they have no theology or any understanding of the Bible. They just receive. It's quite amazing. You know, they, there's no, oh, but someone prayed and I never got healed or there's no this or that or excuses. They just receive. It's quite amazing. You know, Buddhist person, Holy Spirit can still come on a Buddhist person. Isn't that awesome? So we prayed and at the end of it, her knee was, knee was totally healed. How do we know that? She was jumping up and down. She was crouching. She was going like this. She was running on the spot. Praise the Lord. All pain left and uh, she could use her knee. In, and we asked, what it was anything happening internally with you? And she said, oh, there's like fire in my belly. Fire in my belly. Isn't that awesome? Fire in her belly. So we just blessed what God was doing. You know, at, at that stage, we didn't know um, if she was 100% healed or what, but something was stirring, something was happening, and the uh, Holy Spirit was certainly healing what was going on inside her. So that was amazing. Um, we um, did a two-day marriage seminar Praise God. It was awesome. Had a fabulous time. They want us to come back and do another one. It was the godly role of the husband. Martin shared that one. The godly role of the wife. It was awesome. The people just were um, uh, listened. They were keen. There was a lot of revelation there with the Kamai men. They can be very abusive to their women, even if you become a Christian. And in this setting, some were Christians, some weren't. Some were married, some weren't. One was engaged. Some were Buddhists. You know, we just we just shared the word of God, and again it went it went forth. Um, it was a wonderful time. So, as many of you know, Martin and I have been renovating um, another house. We love renovating. We're nearly to the end. Anyway, so over there, we must have been having some withdrawals. We hadn't painted or or um, put a shelf in or anything. Martin did some electricals and shelving over there for um, a little while. So we just we asked if we could paint one of the classrooms at uh, the railway track slum school. It was awesome. 37 degree heat, 100% humidity. As quick as you're rolling the brush, you're sweat pouring into the, into the painting. But it was just such a blessing. We, we loved doing it, knowing that these kids, because they were, they were on Kamai New Year holiday for some of that time, they would come back and see this just freshly painted, beautiful classroom. And uh, just as an aside, we've uh, bought many 15-litre pa paint tins over the last 15 years. So uh, 15 years, 15 months. They're about $165 a, a um, what is it? Tin or not a tin, yeah, it's a really big one. Here, well, we paid $18 over there. We wanted to bring a whole lot back, but obviously we couldn't. Just ridiculous, the price of things over there. So after we'd finished this painting this school and we were saturated and we had paint everywhere, you know, we had a bit of a paint fight and had a lot of fun, no. And um, we came down the stairs and, uh, to be honest, we just wanted to get home, get back to the hotel, have a shower and uh, just to chill out and cool down a little bit, if that's possible, in Cambodia. Um, 
But we came down the stairs and here was a man lying on a plank of wood. You'll see him in the photos soon. On a pl plank of wood. The story goes that he was up early in the morning doing a whole lot of stuff, lifting a whole lot of heavy crates and what have you to go to work, to sell whatever he sells. And uh, he injured his back but he also sneezed and his to back totally went out. So he's lying down. He couldn't. He could hardly get up. We didn't think he would be able to stand, because Coy said, "Come and pray for this man. He's injured his back." So we go down the steps and sort of under the building, and um, we got him up. Coy and Martin helped him up, and he's standing there, excruciating pain. He was just yelling in pain as we got him up, and we just laid. Ha you laid hands on his back. We just prayed. Forty seconds later. 40 seconds later, see, it doesn't take long when Jesus is in the house. You know, 40 seconds, he, we said to him, okay, do something you couldn't do before. And he's got this funny look on his face. And he starts the Elvis pelvis movement, going round and round, bending down, touching his toes. He, couldn't, he said, the pain's all gone. He said, I'm free. I have been released. This is Jesus. We stood there clapping and praising Jesus. So that's how quick it was. We just saw so God do so many amazing miracles. And um, as you can see, we're passionate. This isn't hype, people. This is passion. This is our Jesus. This is our God. You know, we just have to be available. You know, we weren't, we weren't that willing after spending all that time in the heat painting. But we said, yes, okay, Jesus, you want to heal this person? Well, before we even got near to this man, we knew it was a done deal. Okay? So encouragement. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. He is the healer. Do you give up praying for someone to be saved? I bet you don't. No. It's the same blood that was shed for our salvation as it is for our healing. Okay? Bless you. Here I'm up. Quick tag team. Go. Um, I showed some slides in the earlier service, but... Um Time is all but gone now, so I'll show them at the end. But suffice it to say, um, I could stand here for another hour at least and tell you story after story of what Jesus did. I mentioned in the first service that Ros and I went to Cambodia physically, emotionally and spiritually exhausted for reasons that don't bear entering into now. But what he did, we would go back to our hotel. It was, Andrew said earlier about obedience, you know, the service. Change in service times is about obedience. There's, there's fewer things, this is a big statement, fewer things more important than obedience to the king of kings. We, we were to go in January and that didn't work out for another whole host of reasons that I don't want to go into. So we moved it to now, uh, to, to Mar uh, April and... We wondered why no one had signed up to come with us, you know. Is it, is it something about us? But no. We knew there was a reason. And when we got there, it, made, it was very clear because of the, the schedule we had, the timetable we had, and the itinerary we had would have been very difficult and more challenging than it's been in the past with teams. Whenever you have a team, there's always responsibilities. So it would have just been a little more challenging. And, but we got back to the hotel day after day after day. Often we'd go to a school in the morning and go back to the hotel, have some crackers and Vegemite, and then go out again late. Because you can't, you can't show the Jesus movie on a white sheet strung up on a wall when the sun's up. 
you can't see it. And the last time we did, we were actually, the first 25 minutes or so of the movie was, it was just like you could hear the sound but couldn't see the picture. But the kids were still riveted, you know, the picture will be here soon. But we would go back to the hotel and just be amazed, astounded and totally humbled at what the Lord had done just in a few moments with two tired, exhausted vessels who just went in obedience. That's what it was about. It was obedience. Okay, Lord, we don't know what we're going to do this time. A week out from the tour, um, they'd asked us to speak, do a half day on leadership. Okay, that's fine. So what do you want us to talk about? Because often the guest speaker can say things that the senior pastor can't say. Are you with me? Someone from out of town can say some things that might be a little sensitive for the local. So what do you want us to speak on? Uh, I'll get back to you. And then a week out from when we were to go, so preparing mentally for two sessions, because a half a day is start at 9, which is really 10.30, and then we'll have morning tea and we might finish at lunchtime. So it's two sessions. Well, a week out, they said, we'd like you to do a two-day marriage seminar for us. So we're now not two sessions, it's eight sessions, and it's one of our favourite topics. So that was all good. And as Ros said, that was a blessed time. But we would go back to the hotel just amazed at what the Lord had done through two imperfect, obedient, tired vessels. So if he can do that through us, what can he do through you? tomorrow as you go to your school or your university or your workplace and someone pre presents with a pain or a, a limp or a crutch or something, you can say, can I pray for you? What's the worst that can happen? They say no. Bless them anyway and move on. You'll find someone in the next cubicle or at the morning tea table or whatever it is because there's thousands of people in this city who don't know the first thing about Jesus. There's thousands of people in this city who need a healing touch from him so step out in faith and just see what he would do i want to share with you just two testimonies and we're not I'll, I'll put the slides on after and let me just say at this point if you get done before i am you can go okay because time is a bit of an enemy from time to time no pun intended Rosa shared some testimonies and um I just want to share the story of a young boy that we prayed for who was um, 15 slash 16. He had to leave school uh, some time ago to, to support his family, as is often the case over there. And he was working in a factory, I believe on a sewing machine. And you're not talking a Singer sewing machine that's programmable, that does all the fancy buttonholes and things. This is rudimentary sewing machines. Probably working 70, 80 hours a week as a 15-year-old in a sweatshop. And he was tired, so he fell asleep into the machine and pierced both his eyes with some metallic objects, which left him blind in his left eye and sight impaired in the right eye. And this happened, I think, in about late last year, October, November last year. So here's a 15, 16-year-old who's been blind in his left eye for six months and, and, and impaired vision in the right eye. Now, if I said to you this boy's countenance was, was long and sour, <laughs> it's an understatement. He had very big, uh, the Betty Blowfly type glasses, you know, that wrap right around the dark glasses. And his face, he had attitude. He was down in the mouth and probably grumpy and angry with God that he hadn't been healed. He'd been in their church but was backslidden. 
and we prayed for him at the school. Grandma brought him for prayer and uh, we prayed and nothing happened. What do you do? Well, you pray again. Nothing happened. That's all right. We blessed him and off he went. It's not about us. And as I'll share in just a few moments, sometimes it's instant, sometimes it's a process healing. Wouldn't you agree? Are you with me so far? So we prayed for this young man. About 10 minutes after he and grandma had left, we learnt that when he was in the factory, people in the factory, because they were into witchcraft and other uh, awful things, they'd place curses on him and charms in him. I don't understand how you put a charm in someone necessarily, but they had basically cursed this boy. We would have loved to have known that before we prayed because our prayers might have been a little different if you're with me. Anyway, we didn't know whether we'd see him again or not, but we kept asking Coy all through the week, have you heard of how the boy was? Have you heard how the boy was? And we had several opportunities to pray for people and time doesn't permit me to go into all of those, sadly. If you'd like to learn more, have a look at our website or ring me and I'll come and have a coffee with you and tell you some more stories. We fast forward to the next Sunday and here's this boy in church with grandma again. So she brought him up for prayer. We prayed again and we said, what can you see the people standing at the back there? And with the bad eye, no, can't. he could see basically light, a bright shape, but he couldn't discern what the shape was at all. And on went the glasses again and he was cross and not very happy about the whole deal. That was it. We, we prayed, I think, twice for him then and we did some more, if you like, spiritual warfare type stuff with him, broke off some of those curses, etc., and moved on. We're sitting back here. The Sunday, first Sunday we were back, Peter was up here preaching and just as you got up to preach, my phone's in my pocket, fortunately on silent, and it's going and I thought, what on earth is this? Someone's trying to get me. It's probably someone wanting me to fix a PowerPoint or something, you know. It can wait till later on. And as the service finished, I went outside and picked up my phone and here's, here's a video from Coy. The boy is completely healed. The right eye that was impaired, he's now can see clearly one finger, two fingers, short distance, the whole bit. The left eye, the one that was really pierced with the metallic object, the iris, the coloured part of the eye, had, had gone all milky. And it looked like a cataract, you know, a really advanced cataract. And th there's a video that, you, that I could show you later on that, that shows that the irises are both brown. <laughs> Isn't that a surprise in Cambodia? The irises are both perfectly brown and he's got perfect vision in both, side, in both eyes. Isn't that wonderful? One, one story, and then I'm going to bring you a, a very short word because it ties in with what we're talking about this morning. Our friend Coy got a call on the first Tuesday we were there. We knew nothing about this. And, and again, this is not, a, not, not an ounce about us. This is about Jesus. He got a call to say a fellow up in the village that we went the seven and a half hours that Ros spoke to, the village up there, this man had rung for prayer because he was... Uh, desperately ill in bed, couldn't get out of bed, raging fever, headache, just laid up. Coy got the phone off his wife and the man explained to him what he wanted prayer for. And Coy says, yes, I'll pray for you. And he said, in the name of Jesus, click, the phone dropped out. He was out of credit. And it's not an easy thing to go and put credit back on your phone. So that's all he got out, in the name of Jesus. We fast forward, we're a week 
later we're in this village and here's this man he says can i get can i give a testimony so this man gets up and explains how he rang for 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 prayer and all that coy said was in the name of jesus an hour later he got out of bed the fever was gone he was completely healed so much so that his he went next door to his neighbor he said his neighbor said what are you doing here i was just in at your house an hour ago and you were laid up with a fever he said i rang for prayer and all my pastor said was in the name of jesus and here i am fit and well which proves to me conclusively that there's power in the name of jesus so if you have your bibles um, if you have your bibles turn with me to matthew 4 would you and just as an introduction to set the scene of uh, of where we're going just a minute sorry about the bangs jesus has been baptized he's had the holy spirit come and descend on him and rest on him he's gone out into the wilderness and been tempted for 40 days and 40 nights which was a lot about knowing who he was and his authority and his identity as we know he returned in the power of the spirit he's chosen his team the first few of his team to begin the work that the father had sent him to do and it says in verse 23 to 25 that he immediately begins to teach and preach interesting to note the distinction there there's a difference between teaching and preaching so let's read and he went throughout all Galilee, verse 23, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming, or if you like, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease. The New King James Version says all kinds of sickness and every affliction, another translation says disease there, among the people. So his fame spread all throughout Syria. Now that's not necessarily the Syria we know today. One commentator would say, that it was pretty much all the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea. That's where the word of God, if you like, had already spread. His fame was spreading all up that eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea. And they brought to him the sick. This is interesting. Stay with me. Those afflicted with various diseases and pains. The New King James says torments there. Those oppressed by demons. Those having seizures and paralytics. And he healed them all. And great crowds followed him from Galilee. And it goes on. So we see from these verses that Jesus taught the kingdom. He preached the kingdom. And then he modelled the kingdom of God. And to my way of thinking, there can be no doubt in our minds whatsoever that the primary, one of the primary focuses of Jesus was healing. A primary focus of Jesus was to restore that which was damaged, that which was broken through the fall, that which was even damaged through some of our poor choices in life, that which was damaged through just sickness and disease being in the atmosphere and picking things up that were there. He was about healing them all. And I'd never noticed this before until this last week. What was the result? This is not what I noticed. I've noticed this before. The result was that his, spread, his fame spread throughout the land. But how many know 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God. You know that verse? Yeah, some of you anyway, that's good. I'll work with those who are with me. And I'll get the rest of you on board by the time I'm finished. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture, 
All in the original language is the same in English. It means absolutely everything. So therefore, there's not one word or one full stop or apostrophe in the scripture that's there just to pad out the narrative. It's there for a purpose. So why doesn't the Bible say in this passage, Jesus healed all the sick? This is the thing I only noticed this week. Some of you have probably noticed this years ago, but that's okay. I've got the microphone. It's all under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Fascinated to note the distinctions given here in 24. Verse 24, it says this. They brought to him those who were sick. There's six different types here of sickness and disease that he mentions. I only noticed this last week. The sick can be translated those who are miserable. We saw miserable people, not miserable people, but people who were miserable. This young boy, this 15-year-old, was miserable. He didn't have a disease. He'd had an accident because he fell asleep. Why did he fall asleep? Because he was tired. It wasn't an attack of the devil. He just fell asleep because he was working too long hours. Are you with me? It was an accident, but he was miserable. So Jesus came to fix that. Those who were afflicted with various diseases... We, that can be translated as infirmities or those who are injured. Number three, those who had pains. Torments is one of the translations of the original word there. Torments, Though that sort of thing that would be evident in torture. You know, if you've had chronic pain for years and years and years, it's like being tortured, isn't it? Anyone that you know that's had chronic pain, it's like being tortured. You just can't get rid of it. Well, Jesus can do something about that. Number four, those oppressed by demons. It's fairly self-explanatory, isn't it? And sometimes the only way healing can come is through casting out the demons. But I want to say to you today that you can't cast, cast out a demon with a Panadol. Paracetamol won't help you with demons. Neither can you cast out a headache that has a physiological cause. Are you with me? We need a spiritual solution for a spiritual problem and we need a physical solution in the natural for a, a physical problem. You're still with me? Th number five, those who were epileptics or those who were having seizures. We read about that and it was graphically illustrated the four times we saw the Jesus movie, which is a 1979 movie, mind you, but it's still just as effective. Maybe the graphics and the special effects aren't Steven Spielberg or whoever the latest guy is, but boy, oh boy, let me tell you, every time they tortured Jesus and nailed him to that cross, I wept. 1979 graphics and cinematography, but it was so graphic. I said to Coy the first night we showed, is this appropriate for these young children? We had 135 people watching it on the first night and these kids were riveted to the screen. They were riveted and some had to go and have dinner and some left. But there was a group of kids that just kept moving towards the front. Plastic chairs about this high. And as these vacated, these other ones came up and they were just glued, transfixed to this screen. We gave an altar call at the end of the, end of the movie and eight or ten of them gave their lives to the Lord. It was wonderful. So it was graphic. I said, is it okay to show these kids? He said, absolutely. This is the real deal. This is the story of Jesus. This is the man who paid for their sins. This is the man who paid for their healing. But the boy, the, the, the son of the man on the Mount of Transfiguration, remember Jesus came down and the disciples were trying to heal this boy and Jesus walked up and fixed it in about 15 words or half a dozen words. This, this type only come out with prayer and fasting. Remember the story? Clearly, the, 
that man's boy was not the only one who was having seizures in Jesus' day because Jesus healed some other people here long before he got to that. And number six, they were paralytics that he healed. Disabled, if you like, or weak of limb. And I believe it's significant that these various conditions are mentioned so distinctly here. What was his response? What did Jesus do with these six conditions? Well, the Bible word there is he healed them. The Greek word is he therapeuoed them, <laughs> from which we get our word therapy. The Greek word, and I looked up and I listened to several times the pronunciation, and it's therapuo. There may be some Greek scholars here, and I may be getting it slightly wrong. Who cares? It's therapuo. He cured them. See, to cure is to bring forth healing. There's a difference between a cure and healing. To cure is to bring a disease or medical condition to an end. Healing is the movement towards health, which can be instantaneous or a process over time. As we saw with the boy, prayed first, nothing happened. Prayed again, nothing happened. Back in Australia, the boy's healed, all to the glory of God. It can also mean to restore to full health, to do service. See, Jesus was serving the people. He was doing God's service in healing them or to cure through various ways. We saw him cure through various ways whilst we were in Cambodia. Acts 10.38 says God how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with spirit and power, with pneuma and dunamis, the two words, or dunamis if you like. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Different word there for healing. The word there is iami, I-A-O-M-I, and it's pronounced iami. Has more to do with an instantaneous, miraculous healing. Roz shared a story in the first service of a lady we prayed for, um, a lady she actually prayed for while we're praying, uh, showing the Jesus movie over the other side of the Mekong who had a big lump here like a tumour in her stomach. And every time she sat down, she could feel this lump moving up and down. And she had another tumour somewhere else on her body. We weren't medical people. We weren't able to diagnose what was going on. But she had this lump, a large mass that kept moving. As she sat down, she felt it move. After prayer, the lump was vanished. The lump had gone. Where did it go? Who cares? It's gone. And the lady was praising the Lord. I believe the power of the Lord is present to heal today. He wants to encourage you, no matter what your affliction, pain, disease, misery, torment, oppression, injury, or indeed the cause of your misery today, because it was significant that the Bible outlaid those six there. His desire is to therapuo you today. And he might even do an iamai on you, an instant miraculous healing. Just while it's come to mind, um, I, I had a word of knowledge too, actually, in the first service. And uh, people responded to both of those, which surprised me because they were a bit weird. And uh, I'm going to put them out there. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. One of them involved a fungal infection. It's a skin infection, but it's a fungal issue. And uh, so I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. But it came to me in the night. And if that's you, then I'd love to pray for you after the service. The other one was involving, uh, involving uh, a, dental, um, a dental issue. And the words came in worship in the first service, bill shock. Sometimes now medical professionals give you an estimate of what it's going to cost you to fix your teeth or your body or whatever. I think they're obliged to it now. I, I don't know. But 
you've had an estimate of what this is going to cost, and it's just absolutely shocked you. Someone came up to me in the first service, and, and, and the figure I had was $40,000. That was the figure that came to me in the night. And someone came to me in the first service and said to fix their issue, it was going to be 20000 now, maybe there's somebody else here who's had a bill shock uh, uh, primarily in relation to, to a dental issue or it could be a jaw or something like that. So in a moment, we're going to give him some space to do just that. But before we do, I want to say this to you. Don't let a diagnosis become a label or a badge that you wear. I want to say to you today that a diagnosis is just that. It's words on a medical form. Doctors have got to give it a name. Understand that. Bless doctors. I bless doctors for their, they got far more on their HSC than I did. And they persevered for the 8, 10 or 12 years to get a qualification than I did. Bless them. And I, I thank God for doctors. I thank God for the, the medical profession. But my God works in a bigger paradigm than anyone who got 99.99 on their HSC with respect to those who have. Are you with me? We, we, we heard here this morning, God is able. There's another song I've been listening to that tell your mountain how big your God is. So I smiled when this song came up this morning. Tell your mountain how big your God is. It's just the words on a medical record. It doesn't define who you are. It doesn't mean, a diagnosis doesn't mean you're an inferior person or in some way defective or a less of a person because you've got some sort of medical issues or complaints in your life. Don't let the diagnosis define your destiny today. Your destiny is determined by the Lord's plan for your life. And yes, to an extent, how we partner with him, we've got to make healthy choices, I understand that. Partner and co-labor with him to see that plan outworked. But as we've heard, I think twice at least this morning, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Someone said to me last week, um, well, I've had a look at your website and I read the testimonies there, but is there something really spectacular? Now, I've got Scottish heritage, but the Irish in me rose up a little. Something spectacular. Well, how long have we got? There was a boy who just got his sight back, who was blind, and now he sees. I think that's pretty spectacular. There was a lady who walked into the healing rooms many years ago. No, she didn't walk in. She was in a, a military uniform in a wheelchair. And uh, she had circulatory issues in her legs that couldn't be fixed by surgery, and they were going to amputate both her legs below the knee. I don't know who prayed for her, but somebody did. Ros said before, the team's all anointed, the team's all trained. We don't have any superstars up there except Jesus himself. Some team or other prayed for her. We never saw her again. We asked her, as we do with most guests, did you feel anything? No, didn't feel anything. Off she went. So six months later, she came in, walked in, not in a uniform this time, but she walked in to testify that she didn't have to have surgery. These weren't prosthetic things anymore. These were her legs, and she was walking and leaping and praising God. I think that's fairly spectacular. Well, what about the lady with 18 months of chronic diarrhea, who in one prayer session, the diarrhea dried up? 
18 minutes of diarrhea is too much for me. 18 months would be just unbearable. Or what about the lady who last year came for four sessions in November, one week after another? And in those four sessions, and it's all documented there, uh, with her permission on our website, the Lord healed her of PTSD, which doctors can't do, bless the doctors. But she graphically outlines what God did in her brain, connecting bits in a brain. I don't even, I can't even get in touch with my brain sometimes, but she graphically and succinctly documented what the Lord had done on each visit. I think that's pretty spectacular, don't you? Or I walked into the healing rooms with a cloud of torment, anxiety and burgeoning depression and I'm walking out totally at peace, absolutely encouraged with a profound sense of freedom. Is that not spectacular? It was if you were that person. Or what about the lady who'd had an issue of blood for 12 years and she'd spent absolutely every cent, every drachma, every whatever it was, shekel that she had on trying to get healing and she said, if I can just push through, if I could just touch the hem of his garment... She shouldn't have even been in a public place. But if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I reckon something wonderful, something, here it is, spectacular might happen. And she did. That's pretty spectacular, isn't it? And we could go on and on and on. Jesus did the spectacular. And we saw him do the spectacular. I could look around the room and see people here who've been healed. Miraculously so. To the glory of God. So, we get asked all the time, why do you see this happen overseas and you never see it here? Well, I'm here to testify to you today that we see it up the road week in, week out. The only thing we don't see is the hordes of people coming who should be coming to get free prayer from a God who is absolutely fantastic and has only the best for them. And that's a mystery to me. If I could go and have something fixed for free, I would rather do that than go and spend $20,000 paying a specialist to do surgery on me. There's nothing wrong with surgery. I'm a walking, talking example of surgery, someone who was healed of prostate cancer with surgery. So I'm not poo-pooing surgery. But let's give God a go first and not leave him till the last minute when it's too late, possibly. Why do we see it happen overseas so easily? Because people come with this. They come with a blank page. Oh, but they were Buddhists. It doesn't matter whether they're Buddhist, Calathumpian, Muslim. It doesn't matter what they are. We're not labelling people. But can we pray for you? Yes, please. They're so keen. They are so expectant. Why is that? Because they expect to receive. As Roz said, they don't have years of theology or disappointment that we in the Western world do because we live in a microwave society where we want to put the, the baby bottle in the thing because the kid is screaming. We want to put the baby bottle in the microwave, hit 10 seconds, and 10 seconds is too long, isn't it? The Bible says through, uh, through faith and patience we inherit the promises. We don't like that patience bit, do we? We just want the faith... I've got the faith, name it and claim it. No, we're not saying that. They come with a blank page that's full of expectancy, if you'll get the illustration. They say, 
I'm expecting something to happen. So as you come for prayer this morning, because I could guarantee there's more than one or two people in the room who have got one of those or several of the six conditions that Jesus dealt with. And hopefully you've heard enough this morning to have your faith rise a little bit, come with a blank page of expectation because he wants to write his story, history in your life. That little boy could say, I was blind from November to April, but now I see. Just like a man I remember in Scripture, who the, when they just kept asking him, who did this to you? He says, oh, I don't know. All I know is I was blind, now I see. Just like the woman with the tumour. I had this lump, it disappeared. One man we prayed for, his pain vanished so quick. He said to us through the interpreter, this was too quick. Hello? Who, who says there's a time limit on it? When we started the healing rooms, we used to want to give people their money's worth. Their money's worth, they're not paying for it. Give them a decent prayer session. Well, if you're healed in the first five seconds, let's spend the other 15 minutes and 25 seconds or whatever praising the name of Jesus. Are you with me? So would you stand to your feet? Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that you have a master plan for us. And part of that master plan included sending your son to die a brutal death. Not just to save us from our sins, but that we might have an abundant life. That we would be healed by your stripes. So thank you that there's nothing more that you can do for our healing than that has already been done at Calvary. So today... Holy Spirit, we invite you to bring that healing presence of Jesus more thickly into this room than it is even now. Thank you that the power of the Lord is present to heal. So we, we expect you to do great and mighty things here in the remaining moments. We thank you for all you've done. We thank you for all you're doing. And we thank you for all you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.